Spartan fans and Wolverine fans can hardly agree on something, especially this time of year, but hey, there's one thing that we can all come together on, and that's how awesome Chris Castellani of Barstool Sports is. He joins us to break down his Wolverines. You Let's are go. Locked on Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. of Wolverine fans I just absolutely despise, but hey, we got the 1% on the show. Yes, it's Chris Castellani of Barstool Sports. Chris, oh God, we're actually getting closer to this game, aren't we? How how are we feeling right now over there on your end of the world? Uh, uh, Well, still recovering from my most recent weekend, but uh, at the same time, look, it's, uh, and we were talking about it a little bit earlier, I think this is probably the most stressful sports week lives i i or, you know every year uh sure. i i just described it last year as six mondays and a saturday i mean it's it's <laughs> it's always an arduous week that you have to go through i mean i even with the hype this year not being what it was a a, a season ago mm-hmm. um you all you always know what you're getting into uh with this you always know it's going to be high stress i mean like i it's and I'm, I'm writing a blog about it right now it's it's not a week i look forward to like there's no. certain games like that that I, 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 I look at and I'm like, man, I'm ready for Saturday. Like, you're never truly prepared for this. It always feels, even when it's not, it always feels uh, like, a, like a stressful coin flip. And that's, uh, once again, kind of where I, I find myself at today. Yeah, I, I am right with you here. This is not a fun week. I become the worst version of myself this entire week, and it builds up to a Saturday where it's my worst 24 hours of the year. But, uh, man, I guess, I guess we got to do it regardless, right, Chris? But one of us are going into this game. Rooting for a team that's what twenty three point favorites right now. Obviously, look, unfortunately, your your Michigan Wolverines look pretty good. Yeah, and that spread says a lot. And it's a home game, and it's at night. But with that said, obviously, as you know, both sides know. Recently, Michigan State is always a fighter in this. So, with all that said, what's the confidence level right now? What is the vibe? Are we feeling ten out of ten confident, or is there a little bit that it's like, oh god, those Spartans are back? <laughs> Well, you know what's so funny, Matt, is I'm more confident and therefore more stressed. And yeah, I know sure. that that some that sounds probably hypocritical, but I was I was on your show last year. We talked mm-hmm. about this where um, I didn't know going into that game who the better team was. Um, yeah. And I, I came on your show and I I rightfully predicted that Michigan State would win that game. But while Michigan was, I believe, six or seven and zero in the top ten. Um, I didn't know what they were. Now, and, mm-hmm. now I, we ultimately found out what they were after Penn State and obviously after Ohio State, and they go on to win the Big Ten championship. Um, sure. This year, in many ways, is more stressful because I went into last year's game truly not knowing who was better. Um, <laughs> if we're talking the, the way that this season has gone, the way that both these teams have played, and, and just the overall nucleus of players, I am incredibly confident that Michigan is a better football team. Mm-hmm. I think that they have a better offensive line. I think they have a better running back room. I think that uh, they have a better secondary, better defense. Uh, now, the, the truth, and I, I, you and I have been around long enough to know this, is that doesn't mean anything in this game. Um, and and, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's ultimately what scares me. Is And, and look, it's, it's where the, um, the, the rivalry aspect of this does come into play. Because if this was – if you replaced Michigan State's uniforms with Nebraska's uniforms, I'm not fearing this game at all. But uh, this, this is how this works. And so, uh, and, and you bring up the point spread. I know I, it's, 
I, it's, I've seen it as, uh, you know, as, as big as 23. I think it, at the Barstool Sportsbook, I think it dropped down to 21 and a half. That gotcha. scares the hell out of me, too. Because, you know, right. I get, I get, I get, I get 2020 PTSD flashbacks of, of yep. the team that everyone thought Michigan was just going to uh, roll. Um, and now I think that there is a, a better core, better leadership at Michigan right now than there was um, in that game two years ago. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think that Michigan has no reason not to be confident. But as a fan who has seen this movie play out many times, there is always going to be that thought in the back of my head of what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? Uh, so I'll be, uh, I'll be stressed as hell on Saturday. Yeah. Hey, safe to say, uh, no doubt about that. And the best of all, uh, it's a night game. So we get to sit on this game for hours yeah. upon hours at a time before it even kicks off. This is great. This is very healthy for everyone in the state, everyone in this rivalry. I, I just can't wait. And then you get to stay up the rest of the night, just thinking what could have been if it didn't work out for your team, uh, or celebrating if it does go well for your team. Oh, it's, I, I already hate it. I love it, but I hate yeah. it at the same time. It's, uh, do you know what, Chris? I'm I'm actually I'm gonna be very lazy right now and recycle a question from last year, but I think it you know offers up a pretty good answer potential right now. Let's say Michigan wins this game. What does this do for the fan base as a whole? Is this a needle mover? How big of a needle mover is it? Or what does this do for the uh, Michigan faithful over there on your side? Uh, well, here's here's the way I stand on, on this: is Michigan is currently over the last year and a half in the midst of a renaissance that no one saw coming following the disaster season that was 2020. Uh, Harbaugh has built up a substantial amount of goodwill. All Mm -hmm. of a sudden the guy who, and I look, I was on this, uh, this train too. The guy who many people in the fan base believe probably should have been fired after 2020 is now the toast of the town. He's built up the goodwill. He's got really good players. The, The players are playing for their coach. He's got good coordinators. Um, it's kind of a dream scenario. If you lose this game on uh, Saturday, uh, all of that goodwill is gone. Uh, all of a sudden, you are back to the that frustration that came with 2020. Now, if they win, um, no one's you know it, it'll be it'll be par for the course. It will be something that people expected. I um I would be very frustrated by a close win in this game, to be honest okay. with you. Just because, I, I mean, I, look, I'll take it. I'm not turning down a victory over a rival. I, I don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether it's Ohio State, Michigan State, when they, when they played Notre Dame, doesn't matter. I, I'm not turning it down. I think that um, my one issue that I've had with this game forever is that Michigan State very often brings an intensity to it that Michigan fails to match. Uh, yeah. If they do that again, even if they come out on top, um, I'll, I'll be frustrated by it. But uh, the, what you need to make sure of by the end of this weekend is to know that your goals are in front of you. Now, this year's a weird year because the Big Ten stinks. I, and, and, like, Michigan could realistically lose this game and still be in control of their own destiny. But I don't want to have to deal with that. I don't, wanna, I, I don't think <laughs> Michigan fans should have to deal with that. I don't think the program should have to deal with that. I was going to say, like, so do you think that this is a, a Michigan team that could still go on to win the Big Ten? Like, have you seen enough from your Wolverines here? Obviously, look, everyone knows not covered schedule. Not a lot of strength there. Maybe right. the bye week was even your third hardest opponent so far. But then again... <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. that Penn State game certainly kind of uh, kind of perks some ears up a little bit, doesn't it? So does that one game against Penn State kind of have everyone on the same page that, oh yeah, this repeat is up for grabs right now? Yeah, look, well, the way I, I put it, and a lot of it is circumstances based on what you saw in previous years, but 
last year's team, and this is this is how my fandom works. Last year's team, mm-hmm. I didn't believe would have a have a shot of beating Ohio State and making the playoff until uh, David Ajabo sacked C.J. Stroud on third down with like a minute left in the Ohio State game. <laughs> Un- until then, it. I'm like, yep. yeah, and no, I'm, yep. I'm sure. And I remember back in uh, 2013, I was a senior in high school, and a lot of Michigan State fans kind of felt the same way of when's the other shoe going to yep. drop? We're not going to win the Big Ten. <laughs> right. we're, we're, we'll, we'll find a way to cough it up. So uh, because they got over the hump, uh, expectations change. I believe that this is a team that on paper is every bit as good as they were a year ago. Now, uh, of course, look, they, they played Bishop Sycamore their first four games. So it's like that, you know, <laughs> it, was hard to, it, it was hard to judge a lot of it, but they yeah. executed. They ultimately made the one move that, every, that they needed to make, which is they went to the quarterback that was, best, that was the best fit for, uh, for the, this current regime. I think that they have a running back room that's every bit as good. No, I absolutely believe a, replay, uh, a repeat is still in play. Uh, gun to my head, do I think that they go to Ohio State and win right now? No, because when I, when I watch Ohio State play, um, they look like a pro team to me now. It's special. I, uh, yeah. I, uh, I re- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like now at the same time, I remember last year, um, when you, you guys played Ohio state the week before Michigan did. And I remember <sighs> thinking, yeah. I, I remember thinking that our game against them was going to be a death march because you guys played at such a high level all year. You know, it was 42, nothing in the first half. And I'm like this, we're going to have a repeat of 20, yeah. uh, 18, <laughs> where they're, they're going to score 60. Now, ultimately what ended up happening was, uh, I grossly underestimated uh, how good uh, Michigan's front four was on the offensive line. I, I overestimated uh, Ohio State's front seven, and that's ultimately what killed them. But, no, I mean, I think it's uh, – uh, my expectations have changed regarding this program, and that happens when you get over the hump and when, when you win a Big yeah. Ten championship. I, am, I have been incredibly impressed by this team so far. I, I think that they have uh, talent everywhere. I think they have one of the best players in the country in Blake Corum, and I think even – uh, despite some issues with downfield uh, accuracy, I think that the dynamic that J.J. McCarthy brings to this team uh, with his legs adds another element that can make this team at points, and you saw it against Penn State, uh, at points impossible to stop in regards to their uh, their running game. And so that's why I, I, I do think this is one of the five to six best teams in the country, despite uh, the, the caliber of, of opponent they played up to this point. We will be back with Chris Castellani of Barstool Sports here in a hot segment. But first, I just need to talk your ear off about sweat block. That's right. We are talking sweat block. Doctor created, doctor recommended, and they are going to help you and your shirt be more dry and smell free for this Saturday's game against those Wolverines. Because look, hey, every game day could be a prime opportunity to... Well, let's be honest. Leave the game smelling like a dumpster. Just you, know, you, you just feel like you belong in the garbage. You sweat so much. Your shirt is just screaming at you like, dude, not another Saturday. We got to stop doing this. Well, hey, we got the product to have you stop sweating, smelling, and just, just being overall damp throughout the day, especially in those underarm regions. Sweatblock gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing underarm sweat. The Sweatblock wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by firefighters. That's right, if there's anyone that has more heat, more sweat issues than we do on Saturday game days... Well, it's probably the guys that work in the fire, and they love the product. The doctors love the product. You will love this product as well because, hey, look, 
It's easy. Swipe it under your arm or swipe it wherever you get a little sweaty and it's going to work for days at a time. If someone you know or love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try SweatBlock. Save 20% off with promo code LOCKEDON. That's two words, LOCKEDON, at SweatBlock.com. One more time, save 20% off with SweatBlock at SweatBlock.com with promo code LOCKEDON, also available on Amazon. You could tell we've done these chats a few times because, my goodness, you could not have played into my next question any better because I want to start, you know, both sides of the... Look at you, Chris. You're just a a consummate pro, you over there. Um, Because I want to talk about both sides of the ball, right? And we'll start with the offense, and obviously Michigan's run game is amazing. The offensive line is definitely stout. So naturally, let's talk about neither of those right now. Let's talk about the quarterback, J.J. McCarthy. So far, is he everything that he thought... Is he everything that you guys thought he would be so far in his young season and still his young career? Um, this year he's if I if I'm giving him a rating, I'd give him like a six, seven out of ten. And but that's like okay. I mean that as a positive. I think that there is yeah, sure. and and this happens all the time, all the time in college football. Uh, where we because we've grown up in the era of the the Jameis Winstons and the Johnny Manziels and and the the CJ Strouds that. We live mm-hmm. under this belief that a first-year quarterback is going to step into a role right away and be what, you know, what Joe Burrow was for LSU in 2019. That's yeah. not how it works. Um, and the sad truth, and as great as this team has played so far, the sad truth is that this is not an offense designed to have a quarterback that's going to throw 40 touchdowns a year. They're not going to have a 4,000-yard guy. Um, I believe that my, my reasoning – for wanting J.J. McCarthy to be the quarterback was just I simply felt that he was the best guy in the room, and that has since obviously uh, been proven true. I think that he has made some mistakes. Um, he has left some points on the board. He's missed uh, some throws deep downfield. But you also see these flashes of a great quarterback in there, you know, getting out of the pocket, making throws on the run. I think that Michigan's offense will improve significantly uh, when they allow him to do kind of play and, and have that, that like Johnny Manziel, Texas A&M brand of football where he's getting out of the pocket where he's, you know, you, you, you do the whole no, 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 yes. And then he does something yeah. kind of amazing. I mean, uh, he's, he's a bit of a gunslinger. I like that about him. I think that he's the most talented quarterback Michigan's had here uh, really in a long time. So th- there, there are issues to fix for sure, but he's, uh, to me, the best option, clearly. And, and I felt that way even before Cade uh, got injured. I, I was uh, uh, surprised that they uh, dragged their feet through the mud as long as they did because, uh, to me, it's just night and day watching these two guys play. Uh, you know, compared to each other. So, no, I mean, it's, it's, he's been impressive enough up to this point. It, it's very similar, you know, to, you know, I'm the, I'm a big baseball fan, but it's very similar to like mm-hmm. a prospect that gets called up. And when he's not striking out, all he's doing is hitting home runs. It, it's just, it's one of those weird things where he needs to adjust to uh, the game at the college football level. He needs to adjust to this offense. Um, but the one thing that last week was that uh, because he did throw the pick six. But the one thing everyone was concerned about uh, with, with him at quarterback and the one uh, thing that Cade defenders always said was, well, he doesn't turn the ball over. Sure, okay, well, right. JJ, JJ has started now six of their seven games, and uh, he has committed one turnover. And it was a pass that bounced off of two guys' heads. Like, it, I, it wasn't some horrific read. It was odd, read. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, 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 was just, it was just bad luck. Now, last year, hey, how how'd they end up losing that game? Read options. 
JJ fumbled the football. Um, yep. So I think there still is there that concern there. But at, up to this point, while there's there's issues like I don't see him being a guy right now that is going to lose them football games. At on the flip side, if this team wants to do what they want to do, and that will be being 12 and 0 and going to Columbus and winning, he will have to win them a game at some point this year. Last year was weird, and I like I like Kate. I'm not even trying to make it seem like I'm ripping him, but last year I think they threw like four passes in the second half against Ohio State. Like, <laughs> gotcha. That's, that's not that's not going to happen this year. Yeah. Ohio State's front seven is substantially better at a certain point, and it might have to be this Saturday. At a certain point, J.J. McCarthy is going to have to make some downfield throws and connect on some downfield throws uh, if Michigan wants to uh, pull away from some of their more competitive opponents. And if they want to keep the ball on the ground, obviously it's been working out really, really well for you guys this year, unfortunately. But uh, yeah. I'm going to have you pit yourself against your own team here. If, if I had to make you pick between the running backs or the offensive line, what has been more impressive in the running game? Uh, you know, again, no no doubt that both have had a Man. heavy hand in success. But if you had to pick just one group, the running backs or the offensive line, who are we taking here, Chris? I'm yeah. going with the I'm going with the offensive line, but with okay. the caveat of me acknowledging that I think they have two potential first round NFL running backs in their back. Gotcha. Like that's not it's one of those things where it's it's not me criticizing one. It's me simply praising the other. And I think For we sure. saw the same thing. We saw the same thing last year because uh, in 2020, Michigan's running backs were Zach Charbonnet, Hassan Haskins, and Blake Corum. That's a really good running back room. But the offensive yep. line sucked, and they couldn't move the ball. <laughs> last year, you had two of those guys back, and you add Donovan Edwards, and the offense couldn't be – you know, the, the running game essentially couldn't be stopped for a majority of the year. Well, what changed? What changed was that the offensive line got more experience, they bulked up, they got they got stronger, and they improved uh, substantially. You know, we, and we see it in the NFL all the time. Um, there are good running backs uh, that are unable to 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 get, get positive yardage simply because they don't have guys who can block for them. I think that uh, when you look at the depth Michigan has in their running back room, uh, it obviously matters to have a guy like Corm or a guy like Edwards. But I think that what has has what Michigan has done a amazing job of over these last two seasons now is just building up a, a an offensive line that is capable of going toe to toe with almost anybody. So I, I give them the edge. I'm so impressed by the vision of, of the guys in the backfield as well. And we will be right back with Chris in a hot second, but first I need to talk your ear off about Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group, your local farm land specialist. And when it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. With decades of experience in Corn Belt agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange, expanding your operation, or selling a row crop farm, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. And best of all, great service with them is just the beginning at AcrePro. AcrePro provides unparalleled land data, including soil ratings, elevation, flood zones, and land valuation across parcels, so that you can get the full picture up front and be confident in the entire land market. Your agent will cater to each of your individual needs and help you navigate the complexities of buying and selling land so that the process is made simple. Experience the ease of Acre Pro by working with farmland specialists like Kyle Rule, Brady Hammond, Neil Herr, and Kyle Spray. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. That's AcrePro Midwest Farm Group. And switching sides of the field here, I, I, there's no doubt about it that probably the biggest 
storyline for the defense, at least, you know, obviously the quarterback battle was number one for you guys, but maybe number two overall. How on earth do you replace Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, that front there? Um, that seems like a pretty tall order to just straight up plug two more guys in and have the same production. But really, like, how has Michigan done it? How do you feel about that front seven that you guys have? Is it anything close to it was last year? Is it just as good? Or, dare I say, can it somehow be even better? I really have no idea. I haven't watched it, the defense well, as much it, as I should have. It, yeah, it's a bit bizarre because I think that – and my, my – my buddy uh, at the at the Wolverine, Anthony Broom, had, had talked mm-hmm. about this before the season, and he made a really good point where you know there's almost like a, a money ball element to this defensive line where you take you take essentially two superstars and you say we can't replace those guys with two other first round picks, but what we can do is take four guys who overall can equal the total of what those two guys brought us last year. And I think that's what we've seen so far but from guys like Mike Morris and Mozzie Smith and McGregor's that you know, come along and had nice little yeah. years. I think it's more of a committee-based thing as opposed to a superstar uh, thing. Like last year, those two just wrecked havoc on basically everybody. This year, I think there's more of a distribution of wealth. And while I – it's going to be a while. I mean, it's going to be deep into the season before I can definitively say that the defensive line is better than it was a year ago because, I mean, you know, it's going to come down to Ohio State anyway. And, and what ended up happening last year in the Ohio State game is Hutch played like the game of his life and Ajabo had that huge sack at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the ball game as well. I can't go as far as to say that they're better, but I think they've done a great job of acknowledging the fact that those two in many ways are irreplaceable, but the unit as a whole – uh, is not. And I, I, it's where I give Jesse Minter a, as the coordinator a lot of credit is that they're not trying to, uh, you know, replace superstars as much as find a group that can be every bit as valuable as those two were to this team a year ago. And also, too, sticking with defense, look, I, Michigan State's best shot Saturday might be having their Sunday players play like Sunday players. And that's an obvious statement. Obviously, you want your future pros to, you know, look really good out there, but that could be Michigan State's best shot. And that goes with Jaden Reed playing well, Keon Coleman playing well, maybe even yeah. Daniel Barker playing well. How's Michigan secondary then? Because is this just a hopeless cause? Is Michigan secondary good enough to hold those guys down? Or is that going to be a bit of a concern for you guys on Saturday, do you think? Um, it, I, I'm very impressed with how Michigan secondary has played this year. And that was, that was a, right. a concern. That was a concern for me uh, because, you know, you lose Vincent Gray, you lose Dax Hill. Um, you yeah. take Mike San- Mike Sandrasil, who was a wide receiver, and you put him at corner. They played very well. They have also played quarterbacks that I have consistently <laughs> been unimpressed by. Yeah. Uh, and really, the, the the worst game they played this season from a defensive standpoint was um, Maryland. And a big reason for that is and I, I, I got to learn the guy's name because he's really good. But Tua's brother, is yeah, Tua Blythe, yeah, Tua right, Light, yeah, 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 is. Excellent. I mean, he's, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten, and there were moments in that game in which the secondary um, got into a little bit of trouble. Now, ultimately, they held on, but they caught a few breaks. I mean, you know, the opening play was you know, a fumble that Michigan recovered. So I, I, yeah. what worries me is that I know Michigan uh, has not faced a receiver that's as good as Jaden Reed yet. Um, and, again, I get those flashbacks because the way Michigan State wins this game on Saturday. I don't believe they do it 
dominating time of possession and having a whole lot of sustained drives, really. I, I don't. I, I think Michigan's defense, their D-line is too good for Michigan mm-hmm. State to have four or five drives in which they're going 70, 80 yards. What I do think happens, potentially, is that Jaden Reed does some Ricky White shit, where it's just you, you find the, the, the matchups in single coverage, three, four deep balls downfield, um, you get ahead early, and maybe you know you, you win the turnover battle, and all of a sudden you find yourself uh, ahead at halftime. I mean, what as good as Michigan played in the second half against Penn State, and they played incredible, uh, they were losing in the third quarter of that game, and the reason yeah. for it was because Penn State had three – and Michigan's defense is great – had three huge chunk plays, two of them offensively, and the other one was the pick six. Um, it, it, if Michigan State can convert, on one or two of those plays in the first half and the momentum shifts and Michigan plays from behind, we're talking about a different game. Now, it's, that, that's the one unit right now that I think, it, from Michigan's standpoint, I know is good, but I'm still not quite sure how good. Because uh, until I see them go up against receivers that are NFL receivers, which Jane Reed is, uh, and go up against uh, a, a quarterback that is capable the way that Tua's uh, uh, brother is, uh, I, I'm, I'm still going to have some – uh, trepidation uh, in, in that department. So I, I do have faith in them, but I, it's, that's the one area where I do see a pathway in which Michigan State can make some plays uh, where they put pressure on Michigan and start uh, and start potentially, you know, taking control of the game. You get two points for using the word trepidation, by the way. Um, wow, look, look at you. Just a, just a gentleman and a scholar over there, Mr. Yeah, I, I, I just <laughs> – I just put down my thesaurus, but thank you. <laughs> look, at, look at you. Oh, that's sensational. Chris, I, I can't thank you enough for all your time, man, especially, uh, you know, all the technical difficulties that we underwent uh, on my side of the microphone, but you stuck around, you hopped on this call and you brought us all to church here. And uh, hey, you know, just, just like I said earlier, uh, there's only maybe one thing that Wolverines and Spartans can wholly agree on, and it's that you are the best as they get, Chris. So uh, thanks a ton, man. How Can, can people seek you out on Saturday if they happen to be in Ann Arbor. Is, is there an I event will, going uh, on by any chance? I, I, I got multiple places to be, uh, but I will. I guarantee you I will be at the Barstool uh, College Football Show, which will be starting at 530. Um, I, I, you can check out my Twitter feed. I've been retweeting it, the location, all that stuff. Uh, I probably won't be included in content, but I will definitely be around hanging out with the guys and uh, probably throwing some merch out to the people as well. So uh, if you want to see me there, you can definitely see me, and I look forward to that. Look at that, man. Hey, thanks a ton, Chris. You, you simply are the best. And everyone else, thanks a ton for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Tony Lippett joins the show. He's going to get us into the weekend. But until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week. Love you all. Go Green.